You're listening to United 99. Fernandez quickly on the move. In for the hat trick. Hey guys, welcome to United 99's second episode with myself, Dan. I hope you'll stick around, grab some snacks, and stay tuned for more from the podcast. Today's topics, I'll be talking about the rule changes to VAR for the 21-22 season and how they were implemented across the Premier League for match day one. The main topic for this episode will cover loyalty in football and whether or not trophies and the prestige that comes with winning them is more important than fan and club loyalty and whether or not that has changed over the last few decades. As well as that we'll have an off the cuff sort of quick take which will only be about a few minutes where I talk about something quite polarising that's happened in the last few days. As well as that we'll be doing a United build up to Southampton, we'll be going over the starting 11, uh, the strengths and weaknesses of both the home and away team, the home team being Southampton at the St Mary's Stadium. Uh, let's jump in with a quick take. It was confirmed via Fabrizio Romano this week that Andres Pereira will move on loan to Brazilian side Flamengo. A few thoughts about this is that we really do get exposed every time a situation like this happens with a player who's paid very high wages and a transfer valuation that just doesn't make sense really. I read up that Pereira is on around £30,000 a week which is about £1.5 million a year. Someone of his quality, I don't think you get anyone in the Premier League to go for that money. You certainly can't get anyone from the Brazilian League to pay that sort of money. That's why we're having to cover partial amounts of the cost of his wages. I mean, this is the thing, we really do get exposed with, with how many players who are overpaid at Manchester United. Because we can't give this guy away. We literally have to, have to pay other clubs from around the world on a try-before-you-buy basis. I mean, I'm being real. Andres Pereira has no future at Manchester United. Going down the pecking order of the positions that we know he can play, if we talk about the wingers, then he's so far down the queue it's unreal. If we talk about centre attacking mid, behind the striker in the hole, you have to go past Bruno, Mata, and Lingard before you even get a shout. And even that, and even with that, who's to say that Oli wouldn't change his formation? I mean, if I'm being real, this dude is 25 years of age now, and we can say, oh yeah, the likes of Lingard were a late bloomer. The likes of Lingard w- was 24 before he was bursting on the scene at Manchester United, scoring goals and contributing to the team, especially in an FA Cup final against Crystal Palace back at the end of 2016. I've heard from some sources that Manchester United value Andres Pereira around 20 million. 20 million even in this market, Andres Pereira is not worth that. Andres Pereira is no different to the player we saw at the age of 21 four years ago. This dude's not a kid anymore, this dude is 25, he is three years younger than the likes of Paul Pogba. For me, him being in the team takes up another spot that could be used for one of our youth players to try and plug them into the system, see if they're good enough, and if not, sell them on. But we can't do that because there are so many players in this team which are just dead weight. This Manchester United squad is too big, categorically. You have two first-team players for each position. The squad depth is unreal, but the squad quality? Even Ollie would say I have probably 13-14 
first choice starters that I would include in every single league game. And then around that you have 10 to 12 squad players who all struggle for a sniff of first team football. I mean, we're to the situation now where we're trying to sell Lingard to West Ham. We're trying to... We've already loaned out Pereira. And we're also trying to do the same with Ahmad Diallo. I mean, it's part of the wider issue with the squad. Phil Jones is 29. And he's still at the club. And he's still not making a sound. Halvaran wasn't given the number four shirt. He's incredible. Jones is stealing a living. As sixth choice centre-back on £75,000 a week. One of the worst mistakes Oli ever made was giving this dude a new contract. When will this dude play? Because surely he knows he is fifth choice centre back. He's not as good as Bayou or Lindelof. And they kept him out of the team throughout most of last year. It's it's insane to see the wages that Phil Jones is on. He, he may play in early rounds of the League Cup and potentially a few games in the FA Cup. If you're telling me that this dude is going to start the Premier League game, is going to start more than 10 Premier League games, then I'm telling you, we're not going to win the league with him playing 10 games for this side. Uh, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go on more about the centre-back situation at, at Manchester United in the team build-up for Southampton. But I want to go. I want to talk about loyalty in football first. At the end of the Spursman City game, there was a lot made about Sky pundits talking about Paul Pogba, especially likes of Graham Souness talking about if Pogba had the chance, he would lead Manchester United. He's only sort of in it for the money, is what I'm paraphrasing. I do agree to some extent about the comments he made about Mino Riola speaking for his client Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba could tell Mino Riola. If you don't shut up, I'm gonna go find a new agent. Paul Pogba's not shackled to Minoriola. He has the pulling power to go and get any agent in the world, essentially. But he's sticking with Riola because he knows Riola is gonna get him, is gonna get them both large payouts. I mean, think about it. Every single time Pogba has hinted that he wants to leave. Manchester United have paid him the money, and I think with this situation, if if Manchester United want to keep Paul Pogba and don't want to let him go on a free next season, they have to pay him the money that he wants. We were prepared to pay Alexis Sanchez almost half a million pound a week. Alexis Sanchez isn't even fit to lace Paul Pogba's boots as Manchester United players. It's like we should pay them, we should pay Pogba the money uh, who's on around. £290,000 a week. I think it's the going rate. I think Paul Pogba is one of the best centre midfielders in the world. At PSG, Real Madrid, Barcelona, he'd tear up the league and just win trophy after trophy. Let's not get it twisted. Is he in it all for the money? I don't know. He'd have to... <laughs> Only people around him know about that. It's... Paul Pogba probably just wants to win trophies. And that's true for a lot of players. Kane, Grealish, they get accused of taking the easy way out to win trophies. But this is the state of modern football. Trophies are seen as the more important asset in terms of securing your legacy. When we compare the likes of Henri and Shearer, even though Shearer scored more goals, was in the Premier League for his whole career, Henri, Henri is known as one of the greatest of all time strikers in the Premier League, even above Shearer, simply for the trophies he won and the teams he played for. 
if the roles were, were reversed, even if they were at the same level they are now, Shiro in an Arsenal shirt would be above Henri. It's just the prestige that we fans put on to this sort of thing, put on to the likes of winning trophy, being in team of the years, team of the seasons. But if, like Pogba, we're talking about loyalty and legacy you're leaving behind, in the Spurs situation at the minute with Harry Kane, Son will be known as the cult hero and modern Spurs legend at the end of their careers, and he will be rated by fans higher than Harry Kane for the simple fact that Son, Son looks like he will stick it out, Son looks like he is a patron to the club, he loves to be there. This is how we fans think. Son looks like a player who wouldn't trade in trophies, looks like a player who wouldn't trade in fan love, fan support and fan evangelism for trophies. The thing with Kane now, it's it's almost like with the Wayne Rooney situation. Manchester United fans always have a bit of taste in their mouth when they talk about Rooney, simply for the fact that he handed in transfer request after transfer request to secure moves to a team that was probably going to achieve better things. If we're going back to the original point of what this topic's about, has loyalty changed from now to 20 years ago? It's like, no, especially not from 2011 to 2021. If a player looks like he's going to get more money, being a better team, then honestly, from my point of view, you should take it. He'd be a fool not to take it. Secure the bread, go for it. Kane will be remembered as one of our own until he threw in the towel to go and play for an oil team. That's just how it be. I mean, the thing for me is that the balance is all wrong with these Kane and Grayless signing because they they look more like they've been done to to secure an English market. On top of that, they don't even those two don't even look like they fit Pep Guardiola's systems. If we're comparing Kane and Aguero, you have so much more dynamism with Aguero in your team than you do Kane. If we're looking at Kane's European Championship performance, then what we saw he was very static for most of the play getting key goals, scoring penalties, being the star key man, which is probably what they're after. They're after someone who can lead them through this season in their title defence. He's also got good distribution, but at the end of the day, if Kane moves to Man City, as good as he is, he will never be able to fill the shoes of Aguero. He will never be as good for Man City than Aguero was. Going through this, I'm not saying that all footballers are look for money and will go where where trophies are more accessible. I mean, Messi would have stayed at Barcelona, even in their current situation, out of loyalty for his boyhood club, until he retired. But it was down to the club who lied to him and said, yes, we can afford you, we can keep you. And now, that that led to him signing the contract only for the, the, the La Liga club to renege on it and say, sorry, lad, we're out of money. I think for 2021, they posted a loss of around 500 million and a debt of 1.2 billion. That is horrendous. What I'm trying to say is this instance shows that it's not always down to the player. There are other factors involved in this. Is Pogba in it for the money? Pay him what he thinks he's owed, otherwise sell him. <laughs> that's, that's how it is in football these days. For our second big topic of this episode, we're going to go through our United build-up to Southampton. Southampton are coming off a 3-1 loss to Everton. And... If we're talking about form, we're talking about the players that Southampton have. Southampton, this Southampton team is not even as good as the Southampton team they got battered 9-0 last season. Southampton are here for the taking. And if we want to make 
the statement of that 5-1 win against Leeds means something, then we need to go to Southampton away at St Mary's and we need to convincingly beat them. In terms of some of the selections, before I go through my list, I think Asensio first team debut, very possible. He came off the bench for Dan James in the 75th minute against Leeds. It's a good time as any to unleash Sancho on a team that I think will be vying for relegation. I said it in the last episode. Southampton aren't that good. They're on the downwards path and if Manchester United turn up on the day, Southampton have got no chance. Will we keep a clean sheet? Maybe not. Uh, on the topic of cl clean sheets and defence, I don't see Varane starting. I think if you wanted Varane to start this game, why would you not play him against Burnley in the behind closed doors friendly? That was as good a time as any to blood in a new signing. It's like a pre it's like a preseason game. Get your fitness up and see how good he is against a Premier League team, a lower end Premier League team. They've been in the league for a few seasons now. They know the ins and outs of it. Let's see how good you are compared to the Premier League attacking systems. So for me, I don't think Varane will start. Going through this list, I based it very much off of what Oli went with in terms of team selection last season in the 9-0. I've gone for a 4-2-3-1 formation. Goalkeeper David De Gea, easy. I think until he makes mistakes that that position is his. Uh, right back, Luke Shaw. Two centre-backs of Harry Maguire and Lindelof. I think they'll be rewarded for their contributions to against Leeds. Aaron Wampasaka as a left-back. Now this is where it gets interesting. Last season against Southampton at home, he went with a midfield two of Fred and McTominay with Pogba on the left wing and I'm going to stick with that and I think he's going to do it again I think he's going to bench he's going to keep Matic and Donny on the bench and he's going to play a midfield two of Fred and McTominay as the midfield dual pivot with Pogba on the left wing Sancho on the right wing Bruno Fernandes at the number 10 behind the striker with Greenwood up front Cavani got back to training on Tuesday, 17th. So for me, I don't think he'll start. I think he'll probably be on the bench against Southampton if he's lucky. Uh, Greenwood had a great game against Leeds. Let's see what he's got. Play him up top. Put Martial on at strike if you need. Put Sancho out wide on the on the right wing. Drop Dan James. I think that's a team good enough to beat Southampton. It was good enough to beat them 9-0 last season. In terms of their attacking output, they have the likes of... Shane Long, Shay Adams. It's a very average team, apart from Ward Prowse. This Southampton team is not as good as it used to be. This this Southampton team would be battered by the Southampton team of 2015. The drop in quality over the last few seasons for Southampton has been incredible. And I think if they don't perform against United defensively, they're going to get hung out to dry. With all system. We'll go for the new rules introduced into the Premier League for the upcoming season. First of all, let's talk about uh, the scrapping of the five substitutions rule. Originally brought in to to alleviate some of the issues around, around COVID isolation and team fitness. The EFL have scrapped the rules for five substitutions and have moved back down to the three subs per game rule. I think, I think there's good and bad connotations that will happen with this. Uh, for one, I think teams can't kill the momentum of the game anymore with being able to bring on a player every five minutes to just reset the balance of play. You saw that a lot during the Euros. In terms of some of the bad, I think you'll you'll see a lot less players start various games. 
I think fitness is going to be key for the first team. And the second or third choice squad players will need to be sharp when they come back into the squad because they won't get a lot of game time, I don't think, this season. On one note, concussion changes will be granted if required and the Premier League's concussion substitution rules will also remain for this season, which means whenever a player goes down with suspected with a suspected concussion, they will be able to bring a team will be able to bring on a, a suitable replacement so that player can go and get the treatment that they need. I think this is a good compromise. I don't believe in the idea of banning heading from football. I think you turn football into a two-dimensional sport if you remove the prime physicality of the game, which is through the ability to head a ball. I think eventually rules will change and heading will be fought against in a sense, especially at the lower levels and the younger uh, youth teams. Uh, there's already a cap being proposed to limit the amount of headers during a training session, which, for good or bad of players' health, I don't think compromising the physicality of football is the route you want to go down. I think there are already a suitable number of, op of options or, or, or things that can reduce head injuries. For one is the introduction of skull caps. I mean, Petr Cech wore a skull cap for nearly 12 years. Petrček was still able to play with a skull cap as a goalkeeper, and he was one of the best in the world at doing so. I think uh, I think I'd have to do a lot, lot of digging into the into the suitable nature of skull caps and how they protect a player's skull from any form of injury. I don't think outlawing all heading is the route that you need to go down. Finishing off, we're go, we're gonna go through a few quickfire topics, teams to watch this season. I said last episode Watford are going to do well, and they managed to dispatch. They managed to dispatch Aston Villa. A lot of people are saying Aston Villa are going to do well this season, but Watford dispatched them 3-2. They've got blue, and they've got enough goals in them, I reckon, to survive. Uh, in, other, in other results, West Ham came back from 2-1 down to beat uh, Newcastle United 4-2. I reckon they've got good fight back in them, but they'll suffer with Europe though. As soon as they have to play two free games a week, switch between Europa League, League Cup, FA Cup, back to Premier League, that squad depth's going to fall apart. Man City have back-to-back -back losses against both Chelsea and Spurs. That doesn't bode well. I think my Premier League prediction of Manchester, Manchester City could to win the league could be in doubt. This is one. This looks to be one of the weakest City I've looked since the 2016-17 season when they just couldn't defend for their lives, which prompted the City owners to go out and spend about 200 million on the, on the bloody defence since then. And the problem is that they keep spending money. They've got Grealish, they could get Kane, but even with those two players, they, they will not look as good as they have done in previous seasons. It is only one game, things can change in about a week or two. But we'll see for those. And that's about it. That's about all we have time for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening if you have got this far. Thank you very much for watching. Have a good day. Follow us on Twitter today at twitter.com slash united99podcast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash united99fc. Every goal, every assist. You're listening to United 99.